0: Hey everyone, welcome into the seventh episode of Expand on That, Boston 25's weekly sports podcast. We've got a big guest this week for some Red Sox talk. We got Jen McCaffrey from The Athletic. Jen, how are you doing today? Good, how are you? Good. So I mean, I've been reading your work on the athletic for a while now. I'm excited to have you on. Thanks for taking the time out, and um, let's just get rolling, I guess, because there's one thing I want to talk about right off the bat, because of an article you wrote actually uh, a couple weeks ago with the whole MLB expansion thing. And with the Red Sox, Yankees, London announcement, everything like that, um, you wrote about how this like Red Sox, Yankees, London series is going to be such a big thing, and how they don't want to stop there. And I just want to get your thoughts right off the bat. That like, do you think expanding like this is a worthwhile move at this point? Do you think there's moves to make in the United States first off that like might make more sense?
1: Yeah. I mean, it was a really, uh, interesting kind of topic to explore. Um, the athletic was doing kind of a week long series of the, on the future of the game. So there were a lot of different topics that were uh, written up that week and they wanted me to write about the international expansion and uh, endeavors, uh, for, for baseball. So, um, Obviously, the jumping off point was the the London series for Red Sox, Yankees. And, you know, there's never been an MLB game played in Europe. Obviously, the NFL and NBA have already um, been there for uh, a while now. Um, and we've, you know, seen the Patriots even the Celtics over there too. So um, I think that uh, you know MLB uh, kind of sees Europe as sort of an untapped um, market and not necessarily, I'm not sure that it'll be the type of situation where they're, you know gonna be playing games on the ground there, definitely not anytime in the near future. But I think they want to uh, just from a business perspective, expand the game to the people that, you know, uh, aren't, aren't too, uh, privy to it, you know, aren't, aren't too, uh, you know, um, aren't big fans of it, I guess, just because it kind of opens, uh, the potential for, for so much more. Obviously there's such a big, uh, market in Japan, um, you know, with the Nippon uh, professional league, uh, where Otani came from. And, and obviously there's been several Japanese players over the years, uh, come from, that uh that league and just from japan in general but you also have korea and obviously you know south america they've tapped into and the dominican and cuba and all that those central america and mexico but kind of europe is is an area where um there's there hasn't been too much looked into so I, i think that it's more of um just trying to expand the fan base and kind of see uh you know uh eventually you know start seeing if they can tap into finding, you know, guys that might be playing in small leagues around Europe and and discover some crazy talent that maybe would have gone, you know, overlooked. So, I mean, it's a very, like, kind of long-shot process, but it's an interesting sort of... Uh, business thing, I guess, to to look into. You don't really think too much of the business side of baseball, but it's something that they're very committed to, it seems, and just kind of bringing the game to corners of the world that aren't really, um, you know, don't don't delve too much into it and kind of are bigger into, you know, soccer or, or you know, cricket or things like that. They talked about kind of uh, exploring China and India as well. And so, um, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty um, interesting topic. And, you know, I don't think that baseball is going to be, you know, necessarily like creating leagues in, in Asia and Europe and, you know,
0: it's like the it's, NFL. It's like it's like they're just kind of diving in, seeing like testing the waters a little bit and see what they can That's get. How- and exactly
1: yeah and kind of go from there um so you know obviously there's a lot to be done here in the u.s but i think you know good business is kind of always looking towards the future um and obviously you know that's what they're that's what they're doing here so that's yeah that's what that was all about
0: perfect all right and i mean i think personally like i said it's just kind of like an nfl thing like see what you can get out there like you i didn't even think about the whole idea of like maybe you find a couple random players that you might not have Really thought about just because now you've expanded in an idea to London and that fan base. So, I mean, I think exactly. I think it's awesome. But I guess heading back home here for um, some Boston talk now that we've got the overseas talk out of the way that section sure. of the podcast. But um, Alex Cora, right off the bat, I guess he's been kind of the hot topic to talk about naturally just because new manager. It's been a couple months at this point, but still people either questioning it or just loving it every second of it. But um, how how do you feel he's done this year so far? And I mean, I'm a big fan of asking people to give grades. So if you want to give like a letter grade on what you think Alex Cora has been like this year so far,
1: sure. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 hard to you know criticize too much just because the team has you know the most wins in the in Major League Baseball and you know is kind of right up there at the top of the division, fighting with the Yankees. So I mean, it's there's been some you know. Uh, ups and downs in just terms of some of the on-field decisions maybe here and there that you'd expect from a first year manager. But I, I don't know, I can't, I wouldn't be able to give him any less than a B plus, you know, um, it's hard, uh, you know, he'd have to be perfect to get an A, um, and he obviously hasn't been perfect. But I think he's, you know, I, I I think he's done well these first few months and just, you know, not even just the record, but just uh, the demeanor in the clubhouse, kind of how he's handled certain situations, whether it be the stuff with Price or the more, more recently the stuff with Hanley um, and, and kind of just uh, – even just working around a lot of these injuries with Pedroya and Mookie and um, and kind of, uh, you know, we've got Pomerantz now and, and shuffling guys in and out. And one of the bigger things, too, is that he's kind of just stuck with the, you know, what he said from the beginning, you know, very beginning in spring training, he talked about giving guys more rest and, and you know, kind of using the versatility of the of the roster. And he's done that. And he's kind of, you know, he's gotten a little pushback from people, uh, from, from media and fans of, you know, why are you sitting this guy when he's been on a hot streak, but he's, he's, you know, stuck to his word and said it's about the long run and not the short term. And, um, you know, he really wants to make sure guys get rest. And, you know, you also can look at Jackie Bradley jr. He's stuck with Jackie. Um, he was very committed to Jackie and Jackie's looks like he's starting to turn things around. Um, and so, yeah, there's definitely been points, uh, positive things that you can look to and you know it's still only June so you know we're not even halfway there yet but uh
0: a third at this point maybe
1: (laughs) right yeah exactly a little more than a third but it's so far so good um you know in my opinion and uh you know there'll be there'll be other things that come up along the way but you know I think that uh we've we've seen a lot of positives so far from him
0: yeah and you brought up the injuries kind of leading into my next point that like You've seen just a lot of injury troubles come up through these first two months with Mookie Betts just all over the place. you got Dustin Pedroia coming in and out. Like you said, Drew Pomeranz heading to the TL. Do you think, and again, this is looking way too far into the future given it's June and we're not even, like we said, not even halfway through, but is this team good enough come September, come October to really make a run if some injuries hit? Do you think that depth is there that like they can bounce back from... I don't know, say like Dustin Pedroia is still sitting there kind of struggling come September and he's not fully healthy. Do you think that is like something they can overcome?
1: Yeah, I think it depends on, you know, which guys are hurt. We've seen that they've been okay without Pedroia, so I think that they can survive without him. It'd be nice to have him back, I think, um, for a lot of reasons, but, you know, you look at their record and how they've played without him, and I think they can survive. You know, now if you're going to have Mookie gone for an extended period of time, or, you know, if this uh, abdominal strain turns into something more, um, he's obviously such a key part of your lineup that it'd be tough to you know go much further obviously they've done really well without him um you know they've been winning Yeah, you know even even when he's been down over the past week or so uh but you know as, as a sustained thing it, it, i think it'll be hard to kind of uh to get deep without a guy like him if if, if for some reason something happened to chris Dale or if something happened to jd martinez then those are would be huge blows obviously um that would prevent a deep run but if you you have a healthy team relatively um you know i could see this team i would expect this team to get farther than they have the past you know couple years in the in the playoffs you would you would think that anything less than an ALCS, you know uh, uh series for them would would be a disappointment just because they do feel more complete than they have in the past but obviously injuries are gonna you know we'll have to see how those kind of play out over the second half
0: yeah I mean we talked about ups and, down. There's ups and downs there a little bit but um, the big thing to me that I've kind of noticed and we've seen pitching kind of dominate the past couple seasons whether it's Chris Sale, Drew Pomeranz, Rick Porcello anything like that now it seems the offense is kind of picking up the slack while the pitching at least the past couple weeks is kind of taking a hit no pun intended um, but you see JD Martinez launching homers left and right and just the bats coming alive and then you see pitching in some cases giving up six runs and they're losing these games that they're still scoring four or five runs do you think I mean like with the way the bats are going do you think this can be sustained do you think they can still make a run or does this pitching just need to kind of turn it around for them to make a run
1: yeah, I mean, I think they need to see more consistency and better performances out of out of the, the rotation. Um, you know, I feel like it kind of you know ebbs and flows throughout the season. You'll have you'll have parts where the rotation is uh, terrific and you know the offense is kind of lagging, and then the offense is great and the pitching is lagging, and it's it's hard to you know get both on the same page at the same time. But when you do, that's when you see those really terrific you know. Uh, multiple game winning streaks. So um, yeah, I mean, I don't think you can sustain, you know, the, the level, you know, the, the lack of pitching, I guess, performances they've had lately. Um, I think they need to be able to get more out of, um, you know, everybody. I mean, it's hard. It's, it's been strange to see Chris sale too, not even, you know, just how dominant he's been over the past, you know, years, year or so for the Red Sox to see him kind of, uh, be giving up a, a lot of extra walks and just not be, not being as sharp as he has. He usually is. Um, I think you need to see more to him, you know, price has been great. Um, but he needs to kind of keep that up. Uh, you know, Porcello started the year really great, but you know, kind of needs to get back to that point. Um, Eduardo has kind of been what he's been over his career with flashes of brilliance and then kind of mediocrity. So, um, yeah. And then you've got that fifth spot where we're, we're not really sure exactly what's happening. Steven Wright, um, you know, Jalen Beeks today uh, on Thursday and, and and kind of figuring out, you know, what will come of that spot. So, yeah, I yeah, think more out of, the, out of the rotation than what they've gotten the past couple of weeks. But uh, we'll see kind of how the ebb and flow goes of the season.
0: All right. I mean, a big thing, obviously, that's going to start coming up. We're in June at this point. And right around this time, you see rumors start to heat up with trade deadline moves mm-hmm. or anything like the random free agents that might get signed. And I think the draft might kind of like bring that mindset into some people. I don't know why. But do you think right now with where this roster is at, they're good enough? Do you think they need to be making moves over the next month and a half at this point to really make a run?
1: Uh, You know, I don't know if they necessarily, well, again, obviously all depends on these injuries, but say, you know, everybody's healthy. Um, I don't know that they necessarily need to make a move, but I think that, you know, given Dombrowski's history, um, there hasn't been a trade deadline that he's been here that he hasn't done at least something minor. Um, I could see them getting somebody in the bullpen. Um, you know, just to kind of add an extra arm there for insurance, uh, purposes, and even just to kind of bolster, bolster things. We don't really know exactly, um, you know, we're expecting Thornburg back, but obviously they lost Carson Smith and, you know, uh, Barnes has been great, but, you know, you know, then you've got Kelly and Kimbrell and it, it, it kind of, you could use another solid arm in there. Um, you know, I, I guess it depends too on the Pomerantz injury. You know, I don't necessarily see them going out for trying to add um, more depth to the rotation, but if, you know, that kind of progresses to a point where they feel they need it, you know, I wouldn't put anything past Dombrowski. We've seen him pull some surprising moves. So uh, yeah, I mean, the way they are right now, they're a very good team. Um, And I, you know, Dombrowski always kind of says, you know, he'll add, Uh, add anything to make a team better and obviously you know you can never have enough given given how injuries can crop up here and there so uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he makes at least some small moves Um, but if something bigger comes along uh, that also wouldn't be surprising given just given his history
0: we're gonna take a quick little break here with a interview from Butch Stearns from sports and death last week with Red Sox first baseman Mitch Moreland so we'll let Butch take it away
2: Here at Fenway Park with Red Sox first baseman Mitch Moreland. Mitch, how are you?
0: Good, real good. Yeah, good to see you. Yeah, thanks for having me.
2: Yeah, you are doing real good, aren't you? (laughs) Trying to. Trying to. Um, Let's talk about your team season so far. I mean, general question, but why do you guys have the best record in baseball? Why do you think you've played so well?
3: Um, I mean, we've got a great group, you know. Uh, It started from day one in spring training. with, with Alex kind of leading the way and setting the tone, setting the mindset. And obviously, I mean, we were a great team last year. Won the division. And uh, I feel like we only got better during during that, uh, during the off season, And uh, obviously adding JD has, has helped lengthen our lineup some. Um, you know, getting everybody back and getting them going. And I think everybody felt like they had a little more in the tank than, than what we were uh, able to do last year. So, I think we were eager, eager to get back out here. And uh, it's, it's shown
2: so far. Let's talk about your decision to come back here. Uh, while a lot of baseball guys waited till spring training to sign, you signed early. You came back here. You had the prospect of Hanley Ramirez at first. The rumors of J.D. Martinez, both guys that could take at-bats from you. Why'd you sign so early? Why'd you want to come back to Boston?
3: Yeah, uh, I kind of approached both free agencies I've been a part of now as uh, I, I didn't look at it as, as the at thing because I've just, during my career, I've seen roles change and and stuff be shaked up a little bit. So. I wanted to go to a good team. A team that's, that's going to win. That's that's what it's about, you know. And obviously this is a great place. So, you know, the first year I uh, had the opportunity to do that. Um, and I, I loved it here, you know. I loved the guys. And obviously when that uh, when that opportunity arose again uh, this past year, I jumped at it because um, it's, it's a place that I've always wanted to play. I, I loved playing here last year. and. You know, it's just uh, it's, I feel like this is what what baseball's about, and uh, you know that's that's really it for me as far as the the, the making the decision. Uh, that on top of it being, you know, uh, just a great group of guys, uh, I was comfortable with them. So.
2: So mm-hmm. you said in the off season when you signed, you've learned after almost a decade, Major League Baseball not to worry about the at bats because things work out and things shake out. Well, something shook out. Hanley Ramirez was here and all of a sudden he was gone. Talk about that situation. How it played out and how you were ready to step in when it did.
3: Well, I can't tell you a whole lot about the situation in depth because it happened pretty abruptly for, for all of us, I think. But, you know, um, it, nothing really changed for me um, since day one I've approached this game is, you know, come in ready to play. Um, that's always been my mindset. Keep my head down. Get my work done and keep my mouth shut kind of thing. So that's the way I've always came to the yard, whether it was I was in there or not, or knew I was in there or, or didn't know. Um, yeah, so that, that part of it hadn't changed for me and, and won't change for me. But, uh, you know, I got the call, I guess, that night uh, that it happened. Alex told me, uh, you know, he said, hey, that this this is what happened. So. Uh, you're in there tomorrow. <laughs> and I was like, alright, you know. <laughs> so, um, you know, ever since then, never really talked to him a whole lot about the situation, just kind of understood it. And uh, you know, it's, it. the game changes, it's a business. And um, um, if, if you play, you get that. And I think I was, you know, just ready for the, the situation or, you know, uh, ready for the opportunity.
2: Um, Alex, obviously, You've got a good relationship with him. You've mentioned his name a couple times in this interview. What do you like about him as a manager, as a first-year manager?
3: Yeah, I think the the best thing about it is, you know, he could come and sit down and talk with us right here, like he's another player, you know, or up in the food room or whatever it may be. He just kind of he, he hangs out with you. He gets to know all the guys. He he uh, he understands the game. He he reads players really well. Um, you know he's not that far removed from it, so I think that helps him a lot. Um, obviously he's he's been on winning teams here. He um, he won here as a player, uh, won last year as, as a as a bench coach. Um, so he's he's got that to bring, and uh, you know that's that's hard to come by. So you know he's a, he's he's great in in being able to, to lead this team, and he's a great person for it. So,
2: so talk about JD. Tell us a little something we might not know about him. I mean he's such a there's a science of hitting with him, right?
3: Well, it sounds like you know what I know, then, because <laughs> I mean, the guy eats, sleeps, and breathes it. You know, he's he's if he's not hitting, he's watching video. If he's not watching video, you know, he's thinking about it in the weight room, whatever it is. You know, he's he's constantly you know kind of perfecting his craft, and uh, you know, he's he's super focused on that. And I mean, if anything, I think all of us have kind of learned to, to kind of pick up on that a little bit more, and. And uh, I mean, you can see it from from all the guys. Like you you watch his work. He's I mean, he's locked in on it every day. And I mean, he's he's a special hitter. And, and not for that. There's I mean, that's the reason you know that he's that he's the way he is. And, and he's only going to get better is because he he focuses on it so much.
2: I'm a golfer, so I use the word tempo when I watch him swing. I rarely see him swing at a bad pitch. Yeah. I rarely see him swing out of his shoes. There's a temp I and mean, when he hits a home run that's a mammoth home run, it's the same swing right. if he fisted to the ball to right. Right. Yeah,
3: exactly. And uh, one of the biggest things to me is, you know, you see guys like that, guys that are hitting forty homers and and doing what he's doing every year and you know, watching the ball, you know, or maybe walking out of the box or flipping the bat. This guy hits homers like every day, it seems like, and it's, he sets his bat down and runs. Man, he's, he's just, he does it the right way. It's, uh, and that alone is, is, is leadership in itself, uh, you know, kind of a leader by example for us. And But he's, uh, he does everything the right way. And, and like you said, he's under control with everything he does. And that's probably probably tribute to his work. Any
2: success. Thank you. Thanks Mitch. Yeah.
0: And we talk about surprising moves and I think the most surprising move at this point this season was the Hanley Ramirez move which to me I mean it makes sense financially you look at I mean personally I just loved Hanley Ramirez and like the atmosphere around Hanley Ramirez and everything like that that he brought it reminded me a little bit of like a Pedro or like David Ortiz just having fun in the in the clubhouse but I mean a couple weeks out at this point I mean you've written about it what do you think a few weeks out, like, is this the right move? What do you think went wrong there that led to that move? Like, what was that whole situation about?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, in the beginning, um, when it first came down, it was was, uh, surprising. I don't think anybody kind of, uh, you know, expected it or even anticipated it. It was sort of a, you know, he had that vesting option at the end of the year, and he, you know, that was kind of looming, but it wasn't something that anybody thought of when, you know, was an immediate uh uh, need to get, you know, to cut ties with him. But the fact that he had been, you know, kind of slumping over the past month and Cora talked wanting to get, you know, more and more into the lineup and, um, you know, keeping the versatility of Swihart, I guess, you know, that really is the, the major thing is that points to how much they like him. Um, you know, when we had that press conference that day with Dombrowski and Cora, and Dombrowski said it was basically Cora's idea, to, to cut ties with Hanley. Um, that was just pretty surprising given, you know, uh, how Swyhart hadn't played much. Um, but I think that, uh, he really was kind of adamant about getting more playing time for Moreland and had seen a lot out of him and and kind of the potential that Swyhart had, even though he, you know, he hadn't played too much, um, you know, heading up and he's obviously played since, you know, they cut ties with Hanley. So, um, yeah, I think you know in 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 the end it it's it's worked out so far. You know they've they've kept winning. There hasn't been too much of a a hole offensively. Um, you know I think that they have a solid enough lineup and 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 roster in general where they can kind of um you know where they knew they could afford to kind of um you know uh cut him basically and not have him, you know have it have him around and have it be have it affect them. So you know I, I think just the fact that they've been winning, uh, shows you that, you know, it wasn't, uh, necessarily the worst thing to have done. And, and it kind of gives them a little bit more flexibility heading into next year too. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll kind of see, you know, if, you know, things crop up in the middle of the year and that, that attitude, that kind of carefree attitude that Hanley had, um, will uh if they'll miss it or you know or if say he ends up getting signed by a, a team that they end up playing often and he comes back to haunt them so there's still kind of uh, uh, a lot out there um, that could uh, in that in that storyline but uh yeah I guess it's kind of uh, to be determined with him
0: yeah it all depends on if they keep winning I mean that's the winnings the best policy there <laughs> I mean exactly if they're sitting there losing five out of six games immediately after then Cora's getting calls for I mean being fired at that point but sure sure it's at this point you're getting W's you got to roll with it but um at this point just to wrap it up I mean we've got we're a third of the way through like we said I think it's a third again I can't really do math I went to Emerson College and that's not really (laughs) a math school but um we're we're somewhere in the season at this point that's not halfway through um so we're far away we still got I think four months to go until we really get rolling with the postseason do you think as a very early prediction this is a world series caliber team do you think it's a team that gets bounced in the first or second round at this point that like it's just going to fall apart like it always has the last 2 3 years or do you think this is this is the year
1: yeah you know it seems like they have all the pieces to get there i mean there are really tough teams in the in the league that they're going to have to compete against obviously you saw how hard they fought against Houston um, recently in that series and, and how hard the Yankees have played them. I think those are really the top two teams that they'll be up against in October. Um, you know, I would expect that. And uh, as I said, I feel like they are a little bit more of a complete team than they have been the past couple of years I'd expect they'd get past the division series um, and, you know, and, and compete in the ALCS and, the playoffs are so, uh, just hard to predict, sort of a crapshoot in terms of, you know, uh, matchups and, and kind of how everything falls into place, wildcard teams,
0: Um, everything like that.
1: Exactly. So, you know, it's, it's hard to say, you know, this team has the potential to be, you know, in the world series and compete against some of those really great teams, uh, because they are one of the really great teams. Uh, but, you know, I think, There's so many different variables with injuries and kind of how the second half of the season goes um, and kind of how those series kind of shake out. Um, But, you know, they've competed against a good team so far and kind of held their own. So, um, you know, at this point I would say that they could, could go, you know, go that deep if, if, if they kind of stay, stay the course that they have
0: been. Perfect. All right. Well, you've officially lasted an entire episode. I mean, Not many people can say that. I mean, approximately six at this point. So you should give yourself a nice pat on the back there. But, (laughs) I mean, thanks for taking the time out. I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Um, You can find all of our sports coverage on boston25news.com. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at ExpandOnThat25. You can follow myself at DAPumpus17. Jen, I think you've earned yourself plenty of plug time if you want to say what you've got going on with the athletic, where people can find you, anything like that.
1: Yeah. Um, yep. Just yeah. TheAthletic.com and uh, Twitter JC McCaffrey, um, and we'll have some more stories coming up soon. So yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. There we go. Go follow her. It's it's good stuff over The Athletic. I mean, we've had uh, Clevis Murray for some Celtics talk. We're we're loving everything The Athletic's got going on. So go check Jen's workout. Make sure to check us out, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. See ya.